0: It's Stephanie Kennedy here at Lazy Parenting. And today it is part two of strategies that we as parents should be using from a young age, if possible. But if not from a young age, for sure, revisit it now and go back and make sure that we're doing these second five things in total, 10 things to help make sure our kids are not lazy and entitled and self-centered, and all of that. We want to make sure that our kids are grateful and full of gratitude when they live their life. My voice is a little bit extra sexy today because real time, I'm recording this after a weekend of coaching at a cheerleading competition, actually running the cheerleading competition, but my voice is on the deep and sexy baritone voice, so bear with me. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Lazy Parenting Podcast, hosted by me, Stephanie Kennedy, the self-proclaimed OG Lazy Parent. Every week, we're going to dive deep into the concept and methodology of lazy parenting, and I'll share all of my tips and tricks and strategies to help support you in this crazy journey of parenting that we are all on. So listen in, implement the strategies, and watch as your children become more independent, more capable, more self-reliant in all of their things. You'll be amazed as you watch their confidence grow and they become happy, joyful, kind, empathetic young adults ready to head off on their own, living their true purpose. Sounds exciting, right? So let's go. Let's all become lazy parents. All right, so let's get into this. Last week, I talked about five tips, the first five tips, and you need to go back and listen to that episode if you have not already listened to episode part one of having lazy and entitled kids and what we need to do in order to stop them from being that way. So today, I'm going to go through tips number six through to ten. So tip number six, your kids have to be active. If you want kids who are well-behaved and can manage their emotions and not grumpy, because let's face it, this laziness and this entitlement comes from a lot of different things, but ultimately from unhealthy kids. So if we can get our kids to be more active, that is going to help their mindset. According to the Mayo Clinic in the US, which is one of the largest not-for-profit medical clinics, Children ages six and older need at least one hour of vigorous activity a day, not a week, a day, an hour a day. And not just walking around, vigorous activity. And they also need to have muscle and bone strengthening activities at least three times a week. It's really, really important that our children are doing some kind of jumping. There's been lots of studies actually on this. That bone density in our children is something we need to be concerned about. And the way that they can get stronger bones and less likely to break them is by doing activities that are weight-bearing. I don't mean like them lifting weights. That's not appropriate for young children. But they need to be bearing their own weight through jumping, through being upside down. By carrying their own weight, that's going to increase their bone density. And then they're going to be stronger. So that's three times a week they're supposed to have that. And that's for six and older. If you have little kids, like kids younger than six, then your kid is supposed to be active most of the day, which means they're supposed to be running around and being active and going on playgrounds and going swimming and jumping on your trampoline or running up and down the stairs in your house. Something that keeps them active all day long. And again, this is you're not gonna be able to keep them, well, you might be able to keep them running and jumping all day long. But going for walks, collecting leaves, those things count as well. So they should not be sitting down for very much part of the day. Really just naps and bedtime. And it's important to note that kids who don't get the appropriate amount of exercise can have real issues from problems with their emotional regulation. Emotional regulation is how great are your kids at controlling their emotions from being too high or too low. Do they cry at the drop of a hat? Activity and exercise also helps with their motor skills, even fine motor skills. Do they have trouble holding pencils and pens? How is their drawing? Are they Do they have that ability to do that? And then the last one is they also need to do exercise and be physically active and playing because they need to learn what it means to touch another child with too much force or not enough force. So while the data I found on screen time with kids in Canada really varied a lot. I think that most of us will admit that our kids probably get too much time on screens, unless you're really, really intentional about it. And if they're spending that much time in front of screens instead of being active, then we have a problem. Our kids have to move without play, without unstructured play, without risk-taking, without them leading the play, meaning it's not always parent or teacher-centered play. We, as the parents or the teachers, aren't always directing our children. They get to choose what it is that they play with. If we don't let them do these sorts of things, then what my research has shown is that they don't develop something called proprioception. What is proprioception? That is the sense of self-movement and body position. For example, are you able to close your eyes and bring a spoon of food and get it into your mouth? That's proprioception. That's a skill that kids need to have. Are you able to walk down the stairs without looking? And the other half of this equation that kids need is something called vestibular sense. Vestibular sense is body balance and movement. And it's the part of our brain that connects all of our senses together. And if you add on to the lack of play, lack of exercise, if you add on this layer of helicopter parenting that we talk about, Which means if you're a helicopter parent, you are constantly worried about your child getting hurt. And you limit the play for them. When they climb up to the top of the monkey bars, you're like, no, 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 get down. That's too dangerous. If they're walking along the fence, you're like, no, 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 that's too dangerous. If you're one of those parents who is always worried about your child getting hurt, and I'm talking about if you have a child who does not have some sort of very dangerous disorder or um physical limitation that you really have to be careful about them getting hurt. But if your child is healthy and falls under all the normal status quo kinds of physicalities, then if you're a helicopter parent, you really are interfering with the development of these two things, proprioception and vestibular sense. It's things like swinging on swings, climbing big complicated structures, spinning round and round and round and round in circles. Those are the things that develop these two senses. And we have to make sure that they have these because these are the parts of their brain that help them learn how to sit still and concentrate because they're not going to get distracted by their own bodies because they understand their body. This part of the brain allows their senses to work together and allow them to concentrate, sit still, and have that self-control. There is a ton of research on this. And having read it all, well, not all of it, obviously, but having read a lot of research on this, my number one advice for today's top five tips is we have to keep our kids active and we need to get them even more active than you probably think, especially if you have a child with ADHD. Get those kids into sports. It's going to help them. I have four kids and a big lesson to them has been learning how their body feels when they stay home all day. It's them learning to listen to their body and really be honest with themselves and being able to regulate, yep, I've been on my phone too long, I'm starting to get that feeling or I've been watching TV too long, my brain's turning to mush a little bit here and them learning that, okay, maybe it's time to go for a walk, maybe it's time to go jump on the trampoline, maybe it's time to go for a run or get some exercise in. We all know that when we stay home all day and we don't get any activity, it's like a compounding effect. We feel more lethargic, we feel more lazy, and it's this downward spiral. You all know that one of my favorite um, motivational speakers is Rachel Hollis, or she often talks about this thing about, energy creates energy. In order to be energetic, you need to move your body. So if you're feeling tired, that means you need to get out for a walk. You need to go move your body 30 minutes every single day. And the amount of clarity, the amount of relaxation that that gives your brain to tackle the hard things in your day is amazing. So we have to teach that to our children. And really, the only way we're going to teach that to our children is by modeling it ourselves. So if we as parents are inactive, then it's going to be really, really hard to raise active kids. You as a parent, I implore you, get out, get active, get healthy, be that role model for your kids. Learn the benefits firsthand of what it feels like to go for a long walk or go for a run or a bike ride or take an exercise class or practice yoga or meditation. Because once you see the mental and physical benefits that you get from exercise, the more clarity you have, the more patience you're going to have with your children, the happier a parent you're going to be. If you start to see that and feel that difference in your day-to-day life, you're going to be more insistent on ensuring that your child gets the activity they need on a daily basis. So that's number six. Moving into number seven, chores. All children need to have chores. And I get it. I totally get it that it is often way easier if we just do things ourselves. We've all been there. I get it. We ask our partner or we ask a friend or we ask a child or we ask an employee of ours to do something and they don't do it the way that you would do it. And so then you feel compelled to point it out to them that they did it the wrong way and then they never want to do it again. That's the number one way to get your kids to stop doing chores or stop helping around the house is by criticizing them for doing it in a way that's different than you would have done it. And so... Even though it is more difficult at the time to persist in having our kids do their chores, the kids are going to benefit from the experience. And eventually, if we can quote-unquote train our children to do the chores to an acceptable level, nobody is ever going to do it the way that we do it. That's just a fact of life. But if we can get our children, heck, if we can get our husbands or partners to do the chores around the house to an acceptable, minimal level, then we're winning. In my research, I found study after study after study that shows that children who have a set of chores have higher self-esteem, obviously are more responsible, and are better able to deal with frustration and understand what delayed gratification means. Those are huge components huge contributions to greater success in school and in life after school. I also found studies that showed involving children in household tasks at an early, early age has tremendous positive impact in the life later. I found one article that even said that the best predictor of a young adult's success in their mid-20s was that they participated in home tasks and chores when they were three or four. You heard that, hey? You want your kids to be successful in their 20s? Give them chores when they're three and four years old. Something that's age appropriate. There are chores that all kids can do. You just have to find the right ones. And it needs to be something that you start early in life. This idea that everybody in the house pitches in. This idea that everybody does chores around the house. It's not just your job as the mom or your job as the dad to do the household chores. And this takes training, and I do. If you have little ones, start this early. It's really hard to have a teenager who has never had to lift a finger, whether that's because you have a housekeeper or you have just done all of the chores around the house. If you have a teenager, you're just going to get resentful later in life. If they're little and you're like, well, they can't do it, so I have to do it, you're either being a bit of a martyr Like, let's be honest, are you being a martyr by being the one who does everything in your house so that you can tell people, I do everything in this household and you guys don't appreciate me? Because if that's what's going on, you need to check yourself. We do not want to come across as martyrs, as parents. That does not build healthy relationships with our spouses or with our children, so really be careful about that. Be honest and reflective and think about that. Are you being a martyr? If you know that you're not being a martyr, then start offloading those chores to other people in the house. That is super, super important. These things should not all fall on mummy's or daddy's shoulders, and it's not optional. Everyone in the house has to help, and if help is not given, then they are showing you that they are not responsible enough to get the privileges that they want as they get older. This is your ticket to limiting what privileges your kids get. If you have kids that are selfish or entitled or lazy, if you have children who expect to get what you give them, why can't I have a phone? My friends all have a phone well if they're not being given chores or they have chores and they're not completing those chores then they are proving to you that they are not responsible enough to get whatever privilege they think that they can have and if they complain and whine about it then they're also showing you that they are not mature enough to be able to have a conversation with you about why they feel that they have earned the right to that privilege This is a big one, parents, and I really, really want you to reflect on this idea that your children do not just get things just because. Now, I get that we want to parent our children slightly different. Maybe we're better off than our parents were financially, and so we don't want our children not to have the things that we didn't get as kids. But I'm going to tell you, you got to be really careful about that. Giving them things just because is a sure path to having lazy and entitled kids your kids need to earn privileges and if you can do that you're already setting yourself up for success way more than you would if you just give them stuff because they want the stuff remember with privilege comes great responsibility and if they can't demonstrate that first then they don't get the privilege that was a big one (laughs) all right number eight Kind of following along in what we just talked about in regards to kids getting things, I'm going to implore you to think about the idea that number eight is to give our kids experiences rather than things. Because what our kids need more than anything are experiences. When they grow up, it's not going to be the stuff in their life that they're going to remember. They're going to remember that time that you caught salamanders in a container at the mountain lake. That's a real thing we did with as kids and they still remember that moment. Or they're going to remember that sandcastle you both built and then a wave came and knocked it over at the beach. Or they're going to remember geocaching with you and one of the ones that you found on your epic walks around the community when you went for the whole afternoon. The best life experiences cost little to nothing. Picnics in the park, blowing bubbles in the backyard, making chalk drawings on your sidewalk or tossing a football around but they all have something in common, and that is that you do them together. What our kids really want in life is quality time spent with us, their parents. I've written a lot about forced family time and how that has been imperative and integral into our family and how we have maintained connection with our teenagers. I've also talked about how forced family time can just be getting in the car, driving somewhere, and going for a walk to a playground, to a different neighborhood, a hiking trail just outside of town, to a market, anything that you can do. I want my kids to want to spend time with me. And the only way that they're going to want to spend time with me is by having the experiences of spending time with me. I hope you heard that. The only way I'm going to ensure that my teenagers want to spend time with me is by enforcing them, not enforcing, is by forcing them to spend time with me. And then making sure that that forced family time is pretty epic most of the time. doesn't always have to be. It's just something you do as a family. I want them to value this time in their lives so that they know that they have a connection with their family that can never be broken. So that's number eight. Number nine. Encourage a love of reading. I have a whole episode on this topic, episode number five, on how to help your child who says that they hate to read, love to read. I truly, truly believe that one of the most important things parents can do beyond keeping our kids healthy and safe is to read with them. That means starting when they are newborns and not even able to talk and continuing well beyond the years that they can read by themselves. Study after study after study shows that early reading with children helps them learn how to speak, how to interact, how to bond with their parents, and how to read early themselves. And reading with kids who already know how to read helps them feel close to their caretakers, helps them feel close to their grandmas and grandpas or anybody who reads with them. It helps them understand the world around them, and it makes them more empathetic citizens of the world. It's through reading that they get to live in the life of the characters in the books. It's through reading that they're gonna learn about life in a Middle Eastern country, in an African um, desert, in the indigenous community. It is only through reading that they're gonna get the experience of what it might be like to live a certain way. And so books are so, so important. And I really, if you have a child who doesn't like to read, go back and listen to episode number five. I give you some tips and tricks on how to encourage your reluctant readers in your family to be readers. And then number 10 is music. Have a house that's filled with music. Music makes us happy. Dancing, singing, learning to play an instrument. They're all important parts of raising kids who listen science has shown that when children learn to play music or enjoy music their brains begin to hear and process sounds that they couldn't otherwise hear and that's going to help them learn something or help them develop something called neurophysiological distinction which means that they can distinguish between different sounds and that helps them with literacy which can then translate into uh, better marks at school and kids who have more success in school, will be happier kids. School is a big part of our children's lives. And if they struggle at school, you're opening up a whole can of worms of negative emotions, negative self-talk, this feeling that they're not good enough, all of that kind of stuff. So if we as parents can try to set our kids up for success in school, then we're going to make them as children easier to parent ultimately. Now, am I saying that everybody can have success in school? Yes, I truly believe that. Do different kids need different support, different modifications, different tools to help them be successful? Absolutely. Every child is different. And we as adults are all different. We all have our strengths and our weaknesses. The key is honing in and figuring out what those weaknesses are and then finding ways to help finding ways to get around those issues or tools that can help them. If your child has problems sitting still in school, are they being active enough? Do they have modifications in the classroom like a ball that they can sit on or a wobble seat that they can sit on? Are they allowed to go for a walk around the hallways in order to recenter themselves and come back into the classroom? Now, these aren't things that teachers are automatically going to put into place for your child. So this is where I advocate so much for you as a parent to ensure that you have open communication with your kids' teachers from a young age, from kindergarten, Go to those parent-teacher conferences, meet with your teachers, and make sure you're having communication, open and honest conversations, what needs your children have and what might be required to help them find success. School from kindergarten through elementary school has to be fun. They have to want to go to school. They have to want to learn because it's going to drop down in high school. Let me just tell you, no kid loves going to high school every day. Whether they are super bright and they find school boring, whether they're struggling in school and they find school too hard and not relevant and why is this important. Like you're going to have kids all across that range. And so they have to, by the time they get into high school, understand why high school is important to them and what it is. What are the hoops that they have to jump through? How can they just play the game of school in order to get to where it is that they want to get to eventually? But the only way we can get them to be successful in high school is by ensuring that they've learned all of these skills in elementary school. And so as a former teacher, as someone who works with parents, this is a key one. I kind of got off topic there. I was talking about music, but ultimately the five things I talked about today are all ways of making sure that our kids are happy, well-adjusted. Because those are the kids that are not gonna be lazy. They're not gonna be entitled. They're gonna be grateful for the things that they have. They're gonna be grateful for time that they get to spend with you. They're going to be grateful for their life and they're gonna see things in a positive way. So those are my five tips for today. If you Again, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I talk about another five ways in order to raise kids are happy and healthy and contributing members of your family so that you can stop fighting with them about being lazy and being entitled and feeling like you have to give them everything they want because if you god forbid don't give them what you they want it's like world war 3 in your house so i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and i can't wait to be back here next week with you talking about our next topic all around lazy parenting and what that means and how we can all work towards being Lazy parents. Have a great day. Thank you so much for your support of the Lazy Parenting Podcast over the past few months. I love getting the notes and the messages from people who this message of lazy parenting is really resonating with. You are my people. You are my crew. We are the Lazy Parents. If you are loving this podcast, please, I would so appreciate one ask from you, and that is that you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And my second ask is that you please go and leave a review. It is the reviews that get my podcast ranked higher in Apple Podcasts, and the only reason why I want to rank higher is because then more people will find this little podcast that got started from a mom before, a teacher, a businesswoman, trying to share her ideas around how to treat our children with respect and how to raise them so that we as parents can just sit back and let them go when they leave the nest. So take a snapshot of today's episode and share it on social media. Share the love that you have with those around you. The way moms are going to find this podcast, the way parents are going to find this podcast is by you letting them know that it exists and that you are finding it valuable. So once again, thank you so much and I hope you guys have an amazing day.